Have you felt disconnected lately? Just feel the fatigue of virtual church? Welcome to Lobby Talk with me, your host, Jonathan Tay, and joined by Pastor Jason Locke for a six-episode series as we try to inject some of that organic chit-chat back into the life of Hope Bible Church and dive into what doing life together looks and feels like in an increasingly remote and digital environment. All right, welcome to episode two of Lobby Talk. Uh, I'm here with Jason once again. Jason, how are you? Good. Uh, I, it'd be great if it wasn't snowing in May. No, I know, right? I woke up this morning and I looked outside. And I'm like, what is that? That was not expected, but here we are. Yes, I got a sandbox. We got a sandbox for our family in the backyard. And uh, yeah, it's not, it's not going to be set up for a couple of days it's supposed to be like under 10s in close to freezing and then like 20 on yep. friday which is bonkers so 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 what's new other than the sandbox like how's the family holding up how's you know the routine M- mother's day was really fun yesterday yeah what did you guys get um, up to uh well i gave janny one of the uh, better things that a mother can ask for more sleep she got to sleep in an extra two hours in the morning and that's like a lifetime yes and then we got a solid two hours sleep and didn't have the kids wake us up for if for a nap in the afternoon and we yeah. got to get up on our own and not have the kids like yell us out of bed so and then we watched um the crown in the evening and ate way too much junk food and felt horrible about it <laughs> but it was a good day it was a good day what's what's the junk food of choice in the lock family well it changes uh for me I, I think you know this smart food is number one yeah um yeah last night we felt a craving for onion rings and pizza so i uh i got went out to, we got a pizza and uh after the kids got went down we got pizza and i got two orders okay three orders of onion rings <laughs> from Harvey's <laughs> and uh guilty pleasures man it was good it was good yeah mm-hmm. nice what about you um, what's what's uh what's uh what's smart what's the junk food you guys are pretty healthy though you're like we, we are but yeah. if there was one thing that we would dive right into uh, a bag of kettle cooked chips man Ooh. yeah and so we've good. got two flavors of choice um it's like a mesquite barbecue a little sweet a little smoky Mm. Or it's gonna it's gonna have to be a very sweet um, sour cream dill. Mm. So my, yeah. my brother uh, is huge into Miss Vicky's. He uh, but whenever he has this he has this like ritual wherever he gets it he will immediately flip it upside down and then open it from so, the from the bottom side. From the bottom he will always open it from the bottom. That's how, how he does it. I, th- I think it's like the, something to do with the crumbs. I, I don't know if he like like. Because the crumbs are the bottom, and I think maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe he likes the crumbs. I'm not sure, but yeah, Miss Vicky. Awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of habits, yes. What is one habit out of this entire thing? You know, this entire time that you've been uh, at home, you've probably had to set some habits aside because they don't work for work from home or you know being sure. at home. And there's some that now you've developed from work from home. What's one habit do you think that hey, I'm gonna bring this to my next normal? Yeah, so I uh, um, started every morning doing a very uh, short, I don't know, five minutes, maybe, maybe seven minutes, um, very short strength um, activity. So I just like um, uh, 
push-ups and squats and um, uh, just 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 body weight stuff, seven-minute yeah. body weight stuff, and it just gets the blood moving and pumping. And um, I'm definitely going to be doing that. Um, I, the, 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 now the challenge is I, I can do that. My commute's only like seven minutes, so that's <laughs> to, I can do that. But now when I have to actually commute to work, I sometimes I take the bus, and that's more like forty minutes. So I'll have to wake up earlier if I'm going to do that. But if I can adjust to do that, I'm totally doing that because uh, yeah. it really helps to kick off the day well. Nice. And what's one mm. habit that you're going to, you know, once it, it's scrapped because of this and you're going to just like leave it in the past, it's never coming back? That's a good question. I don't know. I, I've, I've adopted good ones I, I, during nice. this time. I'm not sure, to be honest. I think. Did you lose any habits from the old? No, not, not really. really. No, just added new no. good ones. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Nice. I know other people may not have that same experience as me, but thankfully that's been mine. So. Hey, that's great. That's honestly mm-hmm. great. Um, mm-hmm. I've got a question that I've listed next as the Candace question. Um, Ooh. For those outside who've never heard of the name Candace, she's my wife. She asked me this really simple but profound question because mm. for the to give you context, the last seven weeks, I would say has been an emotional roller coaster for me. So I'm like, everything, you know me, I'm like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Oh man, I'm so stressed. I'm so stressed. And now I'm back to a place where I think, you know, we're a little better emotion. I'm a little better emotionally. She's great. She's a champ. Um, But she asked me this and I've been fighting God for the last seven weeks of not being busy. I'm a busybody, And so not having anything particularly directional to do has been very difficult. And she just simply asked me this on her walk. And that's why it's called the Candace question. She said, hey, what are you going to miss about this season? I'm like, what? What are you talking about? And she's like, yeah, like what about the last seven weeks are you going to miss once we go back to our next normal? And I had never considered that before because up till now, I've just been kind of not grumbling or not complaining explicitly, but deep down, I'm like, "Mm, I don't like this. I don't like this. So my question now to you is, what are you going to miss about the next seven? Or what are you going to miss from the seven weeks into the next month? Weekends. Yeah. I I haven't, up until seven weeks ago in my adult life, I've always worked Sunday in my entire adult life. I'm going to be 31. I'm going to be 31 soon. And since I've graduated university, I've always worked weekends. And for the past seven weeks... I've not. Um, so two consecutive days off have been cool. Um, time with family has been, I mean, because I'm not commuting. Right. I can just, like, uh, when I need to uh, go get my, like, break, you know, when I, at the office, I just go out into the office in, in, the, in our common space and we talk. But my common space is now my living room and my more, more time with my kids. So it's going to now be a, uh, I'm going to, yeah, I will miss that for sure. But it's now uh, uh, my—I'll have to take responsibility to be able to maximize the time that I do have. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's that's it. Productivity-wise, do you think you'll be more productive in the next normal? Or are you currently yes. more productive now? No, I am less productive <laughs> now. Okay, uh, that's good not, to know. I am a—I am an extrovert, textbook extrovert. I need time of solitude with the Lord, but my goodness, 
here in my bedroom here with that closed door over there and no other human beings except people that are whose pixels are projected from some other place onto my screen like this is not even a human it's it's interacting with a human but it's not real human interaction but it's something that i like my emotions need and when i don't have that it's being i know this this is not the same for like there's other people whom i love so much at our church uh who are textbook introverts but and they're but like i i, I need human interaction and i get so empty and it's so hard to be motivated when i'm not having that human interaction so when i get back when, whenever we get back to the net to the next normal like it'll be emotionally e a easier i think it's, it's emotionally nice. challenging it's most i'm emotionally taxed midday especially after lunch um i get pretty emotionally taxed so i'll, I'll that, that's a pretty easy one for me Nice. All right. Mm -hmm. I'm going to jump into segment two of our podcast. Let's just jump right. into sermon this weekend, cool. right? Great. Um, this, this, this weekend, I love the uh, analogy that you used with weeds in the grass. Mm. And that's how kind of like how we sometimes, you know, our sin pops up like weeds. Um, it, it's interesting that you mentioned that because, you know, I started earlier this spring when we had those random hot days to mm -hmm. do some weeding and things like that. And I don't know if you've ever seen those cartoons where someone like tries to yank a, a very small weed and underneath there's like this giant root. Yeah. And I thought, I was like, man, this small thing is really tough. And I mm. flew like three feet back because I, you know, overdid it. <laughs> but um, yeah, like that's the thing about sin, right? Sometimes you can only see that little bit on the surface and then underneath you've got so much that God has to root out. And so sometimes yes. it is a bit painful for God to do the dirty work yes. that's needed to do. Now, you know, weeds pop up, like you said, very effortlessly. Mm -hmm. um, and when weeds pop up effortlessly, uh, sometimes you don't even catch it on time. By the time it's starting to grow, you're like, oh, wow, this is sin. This is really big deal. And it really mm -hmm. does take a moment of getting on your knees and getting before God and say, hey, God, mm -hmm. I need you to uproot this in my life. Mm -hmm. So what's that, you know, what's that thing that's been revealed as a weed in your life in this season? And you're like, wow, I didn't think this was a weed. But now that I have to submit to God and let him root it out, this, wow, this is a sin. Mm, mm. Uh, okay, it's the opposite end of family that a lot of parents can empathize with. The great end is like, you love your kids, you love uh, everyone whom you live with, the, um, and the mutual <clears throat> um, affection that you have initiated from mom and dad, because like, they did nothing to receive our love but we uh they they have life because of us and god gave them to us and uh so we give them everything we can and we give them our affection and they naturally respond with love but also at the same time the kid my kids are like me and they have hearts with uh desires that are disordered that want their own way first like kids <clears throat> most the words kids learn most frequently or at least I see in my kids are no and more right yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh it's it, they want their way and what is I've seen in my heart is the times that I get angry and upset and my kids or like this is the way that I wanted to go this is good for you I know this is good for you and the answer is no and then the 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 ego pushes back and be like okay little 
two foot two year old let me tell you what and it's like and i get angry sure and uh scripture says that the like james chapter four talks about what causes fights and what causes quarrels amongst you is it not this that your passions are at war within you 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 want something but you don't have it so you lash out but then my kids are doing that when they get upset and i do that when i get upset and they want a thing and i want their good behavior i want the control of my kids compliance um and I need to, and my blood boils over and I get angry. And so I've been seeing how I can eat, like, like many parents can, I can get very easily angered when I do not have the control over my kids' behavior um, and they don't comply. Um, and Janie and I have been learning lots um, about this. And there's this language that she was watching this video series called Grace-Based Satur- Grace Parenting, Grace-Based Discipline, something like that. Yeah. And the, she shared the one principle that she learned, which was really helpful for me. It's like, are you responding or are you reacting? And the illustration that the uh, female uh, teacher was giving was that, um, think about a house on fire. Uh, you can be one of two people. You can be the neighbor who's reacting like, the house is on fire! Get everything out! Or you can be... A first like a first responder who knows this this happens and knows why this happens and who's dealt with this before and can go in and calmly like stop something needs you need to respond you can respond appropriately and that's what I've uh, learning this like my kid freaks out and I'm just like mm-hmm it's the, I, I I see that you're upset and trying to it's and rather than being like don't yell don't whine but my heart bends towards that, you know? Yeah. So It, it almost uh, reminds me of uh, Mark Hosh's sermon a couple weeks back on, right. you know, the doctor, right? There's yes. there's those who are get, delivering the baby and something's going wrong yes. and everyone's freaking out. But the doctor's like, yeah, it's going to be fine. Like, I, I've seen worse, you know? So and That's a great, absolutely, 100%. And what it shows me in my heart is that I want control. And, uh, but what the, how the gospel helps me root out that desire is to rec- to admit and acknowledge, one, I'm a sinner like they're a sinner. I'm a sinner like my child is a sinner. Two, um, you're not in control in that regard with your kids. Like God created that child independent with an independent will and independent desires, but the Lord is in control. Um, and, uh, so when I think about even what I said, like killing sin by the Spirit, is that we need to, he convicts, I repent. He assures, I believe. Uh, he, um, I know the third one, I preach this. He gives new desires. Yes. And I am careful to obey. And I need to repent of like, God, I'm sorry that I'm trying to act like God and control yeah. my child. And then I need to be like, God, thank you that you love me just as a heavenly father, just like you love them. And then it's like, okay, God, now I need to love my child and not provoke my child. I want to do that. I want to be careful to do that. Help me do that. I don't know how to do that. And through trial and error, somehow my kids can still give me a hug at the end of the night and say, I love you. So, <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, it's mm-hmm. so interesting because the the way you describe, you know, your struggle with parenting or your struggle with your inner kind of boiling over is yeah. is 
the sim is just a symptom of the same problem that I'm having or the same weed that I'm having, right. which is again fighting God in this season of He's telling me just rest, just don't mm. do anything, just mm. relax for a second. And I'm mm. like, no, I want to do this. I'm gonna, I gotta control this. I gotta control that. And mm. it comes, it boils down to my pride, and I want control. And if I have control, and I have that semblance of a little bit of not trying to be God, but you know, I don't say it with my mouth, but I do it with mm. my actions, right? Mm. And mm. so I can definitely see where control is the underlying issue for me. And it's so interesting that for you, yeah, it's it is. It comes down to a oh control. Like yep. if I if I had that, that'd be so much better. But God mm. knows best. So how well, do you respond in in those moments where you just don't want to rest and you're forced to do a puzzle again? Or oh my gosh, <laughs> I mean, you know what? I it's funny because by the way, I like puzzles, and I've been trying to convince myself to do a puzzle and i found one in my basement the other day so. how many pieces well, i don't know it's it, it's it's got animals on it <laughs> i don't know <laughs> all right I'll, our first piece was a uh, 1500 piece okay it's i think mine's closer to like 250 maybe yeah i mean that's why it's frustrating right <laughs> but but i will say the same way that kids are said to be a very sanctifying vehicle for your, yourself Yes. My wife has been very sanctifying in my life in the sense that she's great at telling me, hey, like God's got it. And she's mm. that third person that's not in the situation that can speak truth into my life. And so I would say that left to my own devices, I would probably be still spiraling a little bit. But mm. she's in, she's lovingly inserted herself and told me, hey, it's going to be OK. You know, not not gratuitously or not like, you know, Oh, it's gonna be okay. Like, like not, not in that simple plot. Yeah, it's not a platitude. Yeah, it's yeah, very much yeah. a here's why. Here mm. are some promises that God has made. Mm. Just trust it. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, yes. all right. So it, I know it sounds like very like simple, and it's just it has. I just haven't needed that yep. simple reminder. Yeah. Good. Um, speaking of sinners, all right. Yes. So you meant I love the term that you used, uh, shattered saints. Mm -hmm. So did you get that from anywhere or was that something that just came to mind as, wow, that's, that's all Yeah, I was, tr I was trying to think who is this, I was trying to think who is this series most valuable for. Obviously it's valuable for everyone, but I was trying to think who is this series going to directly most address. And I thought of three people. Number one, helpless helpers was the first term I thought of. Like people who are walking by the spirit, but they they are bearing the fruits of the spirit. Their mark, their life is marked by love and joy and peace and patience. All the things that the spirit produces in our lives, and they want, but they don't know how to describe. Here's what I'm doing to actually walk this path, so the spirit produces this in me. And they want to help others, sure. but they don't know how to, and they can't put words to it, and they don't have the scaffolding. That's a, uh, a, a educational term my teacher wife taught me to be able to like. You scaffold, you like you you would build like someone would build a building. First, you build the scaffolding, and then you can build the structure. And for people who want to help others walk by the spirit, because they're walking by the spirit, they feel helpless. So I hope this will be help those who feel helpless to help others. The other person I thought of this is um, curious skeptics. Like, what is it like to live the Christian life? Well, maybe this will give you an example of why people try to live the way they do. And then the other name I thought of, and this just came through. I don't know, just brainstorming shattered saints and i thought of my own life 
and how I felt in the past, especially in times when I was like in university and the ups and downs that I experience now, which are like the, the now the valleys are shallower when, but they're the same valleys that I was in that I could find myself in in, in university. But when if I, man, if I could speak to my uh, 19-year-old self um, or my 17-year-old self, man, just to be able to tell them just like your value is not determined by that uh, other people's opinions of you, man. Like you remember who you are in Christ, but but, but shattered. I man, I felt being shattered. So it just took some time of personal reflection and evaluation, but. Yeah, yeah. And we can yeah. all feel like that. Just to expand mm -hmm. a little bit more on the term shattered saints. Sure. Um, you let me know if this is an accurate, I guess, expansion on that or along mm -hmm. the line, same lines of thinking. Are we all, like every Christian in the church, are we all just a bunch of shattered saints? saints shattered mm -hmm. saints? <laughs> mm -hmm. And what makes us different is just the varying colors, degrees, and angles of those broken pieces. Absolutely, I would look. You look at the Apostle Paul's life, <clears throat> and um, if you trace, uh, if you put all the letters he wrote in chronological order, and saw what he said about himself, you'll see how the longer, the further along he, the time went in his. Um, time as a follower of Jesus, the, I'd say, stronger language he used to describe the sin he recognized in his life. The la One of the, the last letters he ever wrote was 2 Timothy, um, and in 2 Timothy, the Apostle Paul said, uh, Jesus, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. Like, wow. This Apostle Paul, the guy who, and, and before he was in Christ, he said the exact opposite. He said that he had earned his own righteousness, and he goes through his like resume of religious deeds in Philippians chapter 3. And he gets from this place of, I've earned it, to, and I was above everybody else, and I exceeded all of my peers, to this place of, I am the foremost of sinners. So I think Christian maturity is... Uh, recognizing more and more how uh, much in, I am a, a wretched sinner. It's recognizing more of my sin, but at the same time, recognizing having a deeper faith in the Redeemer that I have. Um, yeah, yeah. We so I would absolutely say that every Christian is a uh, shattered saint. Different uh, breaking points, different shards, but we all are 100%. And true mature, a really mature Christian gets that um, yeah that's cool though because i never actually considered that even in paul's writing because we would assume that yeah once he became christian he made it you know like he, mm -hmm. he started writing letters he's good now but the way you mentioned it, it's like wow yeah like from the beginning of his writings to the end you could see a character development right and so that's yep. very cool um yep. speaking of maturity you led me straight into my next kind of question which is perfect right. uh, i look at me and i look around me and i see plenty of people who seem to be able to figure out their lives um, very quickly or quicker than me anyways and sure. um, you know what would you say to those who are struggling to cooperate with the spirit not necessarily opposing the spirit explicitly and fighting but struggling and wrestling hmm. yeah 
struggling to cooperate with spirit um i would remind them uh again the, the unique thing about paul's writings is that the uh principles always come before the practices the theological way that you'd say it is the indicatives uh follow or, or come before the imperative the imperative is the command here's what you should do the indicative is the reality who here's what's real and what exists and who you are and the indicative informs the imperative the principle determines the practice um false religion or religious performance uh flips that around um yep. when when religion becomes a duty uh when it becomes about performance they say the the practice informs the principle the imperative informs the indicative so if someone is struggling to cooperate in the spirit i would remind them anchor your faith in who you are anchor your faith in who you are anchor your faith in what god has said has said about you remember that god has chosen to make you a dwelling place for his spirit you were bought with a price you are not your own so glorify god in your body i would say if you may be struggling to cooperate with the spirit but the spirit has not left you the spirit is with you he loves you but i would say remember that the spirit is a person i talked a little bit about quenching the spirit in my sermon the other thing that we can do when we uh refuse the spirit's loving conviction is and we continue in that is we grieve the spirit the spirit is a person he grieves he grieves that you've chosen to reject relationship with him but 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 he's still with you he'll never leave you or forsake you he loves you so it's the same with my kids right if they if they do what i say if they don't do what i want them to do i still love them and i try and remind remind them that when my daughter or after my daughter has a tantrum i tell her it's like Look, baby even if you don't do what i want you to do even if you make decisions that daddy says isn't right i still love you and that's what i would tell that's what next week's sermon is all about though that your your father loves you um so that's what i would say get back to who you are in christ um, nice. and that i hope that love will motivate you to turn back to him and enjoy walking with him Cool. Thank you so much. Um, that's all yeah. I got for this week. All right. Hey, thank you so much for doing this with me. Always Good. a pleasure. Well, absolutely. I'm looking forward to next weekend to be able to sharing about the love of our Father and the Spirit that bears witness in us. And to anyone who would be listening, I'd want them to know that um, even if you don't know Jesus, um, that God demonstrated his love for us by sending Jesus into our broken world so that uh, we can know his good way and follow his good way. And even if we have parents that mistreated us or didn't treat us the right way, God is a father who uh, has the love that our hearts and souls crave after. And go find that. Amen to that. Well, that's all for today on Lobby Talk. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and remember to bring your questions and be ready to contribute to your small group meeting this week. And if you're not in one, please contact us at info at hopemarkham.ca as we'd love to support you and for you to have community in times like these. Thanks for listening. And thank you to Pastor Jason for calling in this morning. Tune in next week as we catch up over morning coffee and chat about the weekend sermon in the church lobby. And we'll see you next time.